Paul, you told me the topic of this week's show's introduction is going to involve some sodas you got. And I saw a photo of some sodas and I saw I saw the post, but you and soda, such a mishmash. <laughs> All right, something's got to be up with these sodas. Fill me in. Yeah, these are some uh, super premium sodas. I found them, I think, from an email newsletter I subscribed to called Why Is This Interesting? They, they plug the sodas and... I found them online and I decided that since we're not going out and shopping and doing a lot of things that I would just treat myself to some uh, some brand new fun sodas. So I ordered the sodas. It took a while to get here and they arrived and they are, th- these sodas are beautiful. It's insane. Beautiful sodas. These, it's, the cans are just, they have this texture to them and the cans, each can is a different color and the whole can is just one color and with a beautiful font and it's just very simple, very minimal, very Instagrammable. I followed them on Instagram and I'm, I'm seeing them, you know, reposting people drinking the sodas and plugging the sodas. So what are the flavors? So I've tried five of the flavors so far out of the 12. So I have tried Young Mango, Extra Peach, Strawberry basil, cherry pop, and orange nectarine. Those all sound like winners. So here's my here's my review of the United Sodas so far. They have like seven uh, grams of sugar, I think. So they're very low in sugar. They do have a little bit of artificial sweetener in them as well. And I am not a fan of artificial sweetener. I have never been into diet sodas or zero sodas or any of those things. I like a soda with like 60 grams of sugar in it, you know, like as God intended. So these have a partial kind of that fake sweetness, but also some real sugar in it as well. So there's a bit of a balance and I like it as far as that goes. The flavors seem very light. It's summery, so it kind of feels good, but they definitely do not have the heft of like a Coke or a cherry Coke which I think would probably be my favorites, or root beer. So they're very light. The fruit flavors are, are very refreshing. I think the young mango is my favorite so far. I'm very excited about toasted coconut that's coming up, and lemon verbena is the one that's in my fridge right now. But yeah. Yeah. So that's my review of United Sodas. Uh, they are a brand new brand, and they're like trying to get placement in stores, and they are like have one placement in somewhere in California. But you can mail order them online. So that's what I did. And I posted it and a bunch of people on Facebook were like, that looks awesome. And they're going to order it as well for themselves or, or some, you know, soda loving loved one. So look at you, influencer. I know. I totally am. <laughs> yeah, I posted that on Instagram and man, I got a lot of likes on it. It's, it's crazy how beautiful those soda cans are. It's crazy. So I like the sound of this soda because it squares up with a little dirty secret of mine. Uh-huh. And that is when I go to 7-Eleven, I will get the, the largest soda, fill it up like three quarters of the way with Diet Coke. Uh-huh. But then I'll put Dr. Pepper on top. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, just to give it a little more of that, to restore like a little bit of, of what's what's been already destroyed by the artificial sweetener. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah. uh that's something that stood out for me about how that formula might be up my alley, too. There you go. You should try them, man. They're really fun. Cool. But like talking about sodas, that's not our usual podcast, right, Paul? If this no. is your first episode, 
<laughs> we got you. That's right. We're not a soda podcast. We are a DC music podcast. And we have some kick in the face DC music for you to start this episode out from Kill Lincoln. Here on Hometown Sounds. Welcome back to Hometown Sounds. We show you how DC rocks. I'm Tony Pareco. I'm Paul Vodra. And that was Confession Obsession, the first single from the new album by Kill Lincoln. Their new album, Can't Complain, drops on August 7th on Bad Time Records, which is a label founded by Kill Lincoln lead singer Mike Szynski. It is their first full-length album in seven years. I am very excited about it. They put out some like EPs and a couple, you know, little live things. Um, but this is the first big thing in quite a long time from them. And they are such a fun band. How have you described them, Paul, as uh, you talk about ska being punk's happy cousin? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Punk is sort of angry a lot of the time. And this, you know, when, when you give it the ska twist, it's just happy. Like, you know, there's times with what's going on these days where, you know, I can get a little down and music is really one of those things that has the power to bring me back up. And almost nothing does it better than that ska music with that fun, fast beat, the brass section. Oh, I just love it. I'm so glad that ska is not dead. You can pre-order this album now on vinyl. And as of this recording, there are exactly seven copies left. So it seems unlikely. But, you know, hey, if you're a vinyl person and you love ska, then you should get this. Uh, you can get it on digital too, which, of course, never runs out. 
We last featured Kalinkin on this podcast in June of 2017 with the song Second Cities. And I must give a shout out to their hype man, Drew Skibitsky. He is just the best in the business. What does that mean, Paul? There's a guy in the band who doesn't sing and doesn't play an instrument. And yet, he's a full member of the band. And his job is basically to jump as high as he can and crowd surf and get everybody hyped up. And it's amazing. That sounds like a fun job. <laughs> I know. I know. I love it. So yeah, it's it's fantastic. He he hypes them up so much. He hypes everybody. Seeing a Kill Lincoln live show is really a treat. I highly recommend it. It's very fun. So very excited that these guys are back. And hopefully someday we can all see them rock out the house again. Cool, cool. Definitely, definitely. What else is going on with you, Paul? I see you used, a, you used the abbreviation TOPS. That's right. And I don't know how I feel about that because I've been calling them Toppies. That's right. I tried to shorten it a little bit <laughs> since Toppies is actually longer than the word Topics, but that's fine. <laughs> it's fun. So I started what I'm calling Movie Club. And basically, you know, we've been trying to watch some more movies. I, I have really, you know, fallen behind on movie watching. So there's just really hundreds of movies that I intend to see that people say are good. And I've been, you know, trying to keep up with some friends and, you know, we'll do a phone call or a, you know, Zoom or a FaceTime session. We'll have some beers. We'll talk. And it just seems like all we have to talk about is like what's going on, right? You know, the 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 lockdown, the protests, the election. It, it's just all, it's all kind of a bummer or, you know, like what all we're not doing, you know, not, not going out, not seeing people. And uh, I thought, you know, I need to have something to talk about with these friends that's not all that stuff. And so I said, let's just, let's just watch a movie. Let's watch a movie at the same time, the same movie, and then we'll get on a Zoom call and talk about it. And that's, that's it. That's, that's Movie Club. It's really simple. So I did this with my friend Jim last night, and we watched the movie Fast Color, which is a movie that was on his watch list. Kind of vaguely a superhero movie, but it wasn't really... Like superheroes, it was like people with with weird powers. So closer to Unbreakable, maybe a little bit, kind of, yeah. But um, it 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 was it was a beautiful movie. There was some really beautiful imagery in it. Pretty good, you know, CGI and whatnot. Got some really good press. It had a lot of really positive reviews. But we felt like the script was maybe underbaked. But the performances were great. So that's that's my quick review of the movie Fast Color from 2018. It's available on Amazon. And uh, there you go. So we're going to we're gonna do some more of those, you know, getting together with friends, watching movies and getting on the call afterwards to talk about them. I like to dig into the movies after I watch them. I go, always go on to the IMDb page for the movie and there's a section called trivia. And after all the movies I watch, I go read aloud all the trivias. And some of them are really cool. And some of them are really, really dumb. And so I try to skip those. But you can learn a lot of interesting things about the movies from the trivia section at IMDb. So there you go. That's my tip. Tony, what have you been up to? I did learn a song on the ukulele. All right. I made a little video of it and put it on Facebook. And I asked the question on Facebook, what song should I learn on ukulele? And the answers were interesting or fine. But I actually, I am a novice ukulele player. So it's important that what I'm working on right now is is that it's manageable. Actually, I think uh, Zach, the bass player from Humble Fire, wrote that I should learn this Coheed and Cambria song, which was incredibly complex. <laughs> also, that seems like not your genre of music. Yeah, that that is true. <laughs> but one thing I noticed 
when going about with this little project of mine of figuring out what song to learn is that I really miss having a device with reminders of what your favorite music is the way an iPod would. Right. If you put the names in front of me, I could talk about them. But instead, I just get Spotify freeze and never know what to put on and just listen to the same like eight artists on Spotify, except for prepping for this podcast. (laughs) Yes, back into the DC music world. So uh, I want to keep up with this ukulele thing. I thought I found a good contender for my next song, which is a a Weezer B-side from when Weezer was very credible during their Blue Album days. But then I thought, like, is that going to be too niche? So uh, I still got to suss this out. I'm trying to create content we all can enjoy. Yes. And that's a ukulele, I think, right there. Yeah. So uh, let's see how it goes. Those have been the two big items on my life lately getting sodas and putting Dr. Pepper on top and learning Fountains of Wayne songs on ukulele. And yes, yes, by the way, it was a Fountains of Wayne song, Hackensack. Good choice. Good choice. Thank you kindly. Should we have more show, Paul? Next up on the podcast, it's Clones of Clones. If I was a number, I would be nothing. I wait too long. You wait too long. If you were a Everybody knows where it's at except me 
that was Clones of Clones with a track called If I Was a Number. That's from a brand new release that dropped today that we're recording July 10th. They have been uh, putting out individual songs every few months. Uh, Some of those are represented on this new album. The rest are new to us. The album is called Super Available. And uh, I don't know, Paul, story of my life, which is just now my punchline that I use for whenever anyone says anything. I just say story of my life. All right. It's always, uh, always valid. Yep. Actually, also, my other big fun thing is um, I don't know how to talk about kids. So whenever someone tells me about their kid and they tell me what age they are, I just say regardless of whatever age they say. That's a fun age. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) So the last I heard from Clones of Clones singer Ben Pays is that they are now just kind of a studio band, which uh, I remembered and was bitter about. But then I remember that that doesn't matter right now. Right. They're, they're all studio bands now. Yep. This album is actually kind of a bit of a genre hopper, and that makes it kind of fun. There's even uh, some rapping on the last track on the record, and uh, it's very it's very fun and entertaining. Thank you, Clones of Clones, for being one of my favorite bands for many years now. Thank you. We last featured them on the podcast in May of 2019 with the single Mine that actually comes from this album. It is kind of the the featured single that they're uh, hyping with right now. And I got to say, when this album dropped, when I saw it pass by on social media, I was very excited, especially for you, because I know what a big Clones of Clones fan you are. It's so sweet that we know each other inside and out. I can I talk know. about how you think that Ska is Punk's yeah. happy cousin, and you can talk about how I love Clones of Clones. And we're just like an old married couple, right? <laughs> We've certainly been doing this podcast for long enough. Do you know who's next on the podcast? I do, Paul. It's Stray Fossa.
That was a solid, long, slow fade from indie pop band Stray Fossa. The word I would use is a smoldering. <laughs> Nailed it, man. Stray Fossa. I was okay. So it's two brothers, and I know that one of them studied in like the UK. Actually, you and I had the rad experience of seeing them in February with Makeup Girl. And was that the last show that you were at, Paul? That was not the last show that I was at. I saw another one at Seven Drum City, I think like a week later. Uh, They were able to film a socially distant performance in May for their song These Days. The song was called For What Was. Whoa, I missed that. Oops. Sorry, man. I got you covered. And uh, you can buy it for a buck on their Bandcamp page. Cool, cool. Who or what is next, Paul? Next up is some more dream pop from the Infinite Daisy Chains.
Much dreamy. Right, Paul? That was beautiful stuff. That was Wake Up by the Infinite Daisy Chains. Here is the copy that the Infinite Daisy Chains have written about their band. Lay it on me, Paul. From meeting at a rehearsal in a dimly lit garage to tying the knot five years later in marriage, Ian Dandridge and Christina Westernick Dandridge now set off to spread a much-needed message of hope. Inspired by their honeymoon experience in the Californian desert, they decided to combine their love for creating and performing music, forming what they now refer to as the Infinite Daisy Chains. Their first release is a two-song single. This is the A-side, Wake Up. It is $2 on Bandcamp or available on all the major streaming platforms. I think it's interesting that this band came to my attention from percussionist, timpanist, and marimba player Ben Tufts, who played some of those instruments for the band, which is a very interesting addition to that sound. Uh, I thought it was really cool that they have their own curated Spotify playlist called Vibes for Days, and Days is spelled D-A-Z-E, that they update every Monday. So give that a follow if you want to hear some more hand-chosen music, which is really how I, I like, I can't, I can't handle the algorithms. I need, I need a, a guiding hand at the wheel to play me some music. I need it. So really awesome that they're doing that. I just subscribed because uh, I had a computer in front of me. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're not commuting while we listen to or make podcasts. All right, Paul. So next on the podcast is Too Much. Everybody feel 
That song, of course, was called I Want to Be a DJ by a brand new duo called Too Much. Too Much is the duo of Ian Spanonius and Rich Morell. Ian Spanonius, known as DC's other Ian from acts such as Chain of the Gang, The Makeup, and Escapism. And what I think is really interesting about this record, which is called Club Emotion, Instead of having like a, a garage punk backing band, instead there are these disco beats from R- Rich Morell, uh, and it's just neat to have him paired up with something else behind him. Yeah, it's certainly creative and fun. I love it. Paul, I noted on Rich Morell's Wikipedia that he had worked extensively with Washington, D.C.-based duo Deep Dish, and uh, I don't know who Deep Dish is. Fill me in. <laughs> oh, man. Deep Dish. Uh, that takes me back to my uh, rave and clubbing days of like the late 90s. They made some really good deep house music. The The album Junk Science is fantastic. Then they sort of went into like a progressive house direction. And I didn't like them as much. Um, but they owned a record label called Yoshitoshi Records. And they also owned a store in Georgetown, a record store, which was also called Yoshitoshi. And I used to walk there from my Arlington apartment a lot and browse the vinyl, occasionally buy some, pick up all of the hot new rave flyers, which was a big thing back, you know, before we had Facebook and, and all these ways to find out about stuff. Uh, so yeah, I used to collect a lot of rave flyers and, and go out to see that stuff. And, and uh, it was fun. So uh, there you go. Rich Morell played uh, keys for them, I think. Rich Morell, whose credentials also include working with Bob Mould and the band Death Fix with Brendan Canty. And returning to the subject of the always interesting Ian Sfinonius, I have a brief story. So recently I heard about the passing of a legendary musical figure over in the UK in the Acid House and Techno World whose name was Andrew Weatherall. Uh, This is a clip from the Wikipedia bio for Andrew Weatherall. His career took him from being one of the key DJs in the Acid House movement of the late 1980s to being a remixer of tracks by the likes of The Happy Mondays, New Order, Bjork, The Orb, The Future Sound of London, and My Bloody Valentine. 
His production work on Primal Scream's album Screamadelica, adding samples, loops, and creating a revolutionary mix of hard rock, house, and rave, helped the record win the first ever Mercury Prize in 1992 and become one of the most celebrated albums of the 1990s. And he had a radio show on a platform called NTS, which I did not find out about until his passing. And he kept it going for, for years and years. And once I found out about it, you know, returning to that, that subject of like the, the human curation, the human touch, I've been streaming these as I've been sitting here in my home office, banging away at, at code. And I, he's got a delicious British accent. He's got a really dry wit. I love it. He's got an amazing musical taste. The stuff he spins is, is just crazy. Would have never found out about it. So I was kind of playing episodes randomly here and there. I played some you know, that were from January of 2020. And I decided to go back to the beginning. And what I discovered was that the show was called Music's Not For Everyone. That's what Andrew Weatherall decided to title his radio show that went for years on this NTS platform. And what I discovered was he named it after Chain and the Gang. He named it after the title track of Chain and the Gang's second album, which came out in 2011. And I just never, I knew that, but I didn't connect the dots and realized that, that it was the same thing. And so the first song that he played on his radio show when he started it was this song by Chain and the Gang. And it was really awesome to hear Ian Sfinonius on that platform that I really did not expect to hear him, which was awesome. What a connection. And that almost takes us to the end of this episode of the Hometown Sounds Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Hometown Sounds. Our website is hometownsoundsdc.com. You can go over there to check out the podcast and whatever else we got going on, which, you know, things are a little quiet these days with the lockdown and the fact that bands aren't playing shows and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a bummer, but we really hope that things will pick up again soon. And we are still hoping that bands are going to put out new music as this lockdown continues. And we really, really hope that when they do, they will email us at DJ at hometownsoundsdc.com to let us know about it so we can play it on this podcast. Because really, of course, the important thing is for all of you listening to support the musicians that you've heard on this podcast by buying their music. And seeing them play live when we're allowed to. Yes. And we have one last track for you on this episode of the podcast. We're going to play you a track by Drew Dave. He is a hip-hop beatsmith originally from Alexandria, Virginia. He now resides in Prince George's, Maryland. He recently produced an album called Culture Over Corporate for rapper Uptown XO and he's been dropping solo material aplenty on his Bandcamp. Uh, Chris Richards of the Washington Post featured his album Focused that dropped in April in a column of rounding up what's been going on in the DC music scene. And the song that we're going to play, which is called Keep On, parentheses, Escape, comes from the album Solitude that appeared in June. In fact, he ended up dropping it on Juneteenth. And he wrote this uh, about the album and the state that he's in right now. Solitude is the state of being alone, isolation, seclusion, and for many people that can bring about a feeling of loneliness. But personally, solitude is a way of life for me. I probably embrace it more than most. So when we were all told that we'd have to quarantine in our homes due to the pandemic caused by COVID-19, I just saw it as an opportunity to capitalize and create as much as possible. This project was birthed as a result of that. I hope this beat tape provides much needed relief for y'all during this time of confusion, social unrest, and racial injustice. Like Common said, escape through rhythms in search of peace and wisdom. 
Raps are smoke signals letting the streets know I'm with them. I'll tap back in soon. Be safe out there. In the meantime, peace. Thank you so much for that, Drew Dave. I really, really love this really, you know, sort of chill uh, instrumental hip hop stuff. And uh, I really look forward to hearing more from Drew Dave. So thank you all so much for listening. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Paul. And we will see you all next time.